brothers and sisters is a thing of joy for me to stand before the church this morning. Firstly, I want to give God Almighty the much thanksgiving for using the church through the preacher, Brother Michael, to give me this opportunity that I have to share God's word with you. I know that if we consider the, our ages in faith, we have heard several gospels. We have heard several teachings. But God's word is always sure and it's not new. It can only be new to the ear of a heathen or maybe someone who is an unbeliever in the faith who will hear something very different. But every day that we have an opportunity to preach or have an opportunity to hear God's word, we endeavor to grab things that we have heard before but in some other dimension. I always love to preach from the hymn book. Because I know for sure that most of the time that we sing, um, sometimes we sing and rush and pass some the, the lyrics, the content of, this, of the song. We sing, rush and pass it. Sometimes we don't pay attention to the content in-depthly. Because I know for sure that each time we sing, we have a ministration. God is ministering to us through the hymn book. The hymn book is written from the inspiration of people God from the scripture. And some of the hymn books, like our local hymn books, the writers will always make a quotation or a reference of the scripture where they got the hymn from. That's why this morning we are going to look into the song we've just rendered. And the title is, I Am Resolved. I sat down consciously when Brother Michael mentioned the theme of this year. That we have to be holy. In fact, it is holiness. Something ran into my mind. I know that people usually have New Year resolutions. You know, when they count their calendar from after the 365 days or 366, as the case may be. And they say, the New Year, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do I have to do this and stuff like that. And I know sometimes it's usually easily said than done. You will discover that from January, in fact, the first quarter, before you realize what you said you're not going to do, you found yourself doing it. This is because you are in a warfare, something is fighting you between your spirituality and the world. There is something standing there that is telling you, no. Why did you make such a resolution? Whereas there are a lot of stuff here in the world for you to enjoy. And now you gradually see yourself drifting to the things you said you're not going to do. I want to tell you 90% of Christians who did say before the church when they were converted to Christianity and questions were asked them and they said they wouldn't deny Jesus and they walk with Christ till they are dead. I am telling you that a lot of us have derailed. A lot of us have drifted 
in so many ways. But do we pay attention to the things that make us drift? That is why today we have to say, I am resolved. The resolution is not necessarily to say, I am resolved. But you have to consider, what are you going to have a resolution about? What is that resolution for? Is it for yourself, the human person? Or are you making a resolution for some other person or for Christ Jesus? Now, the text that we read, the prodigal son, he got a lot of stuff that he was blessed with. He squandered, in summary. At a point in time, he struck on his mind that he has lost his power. He now told himself, I will arise. At that material time that he said, I will arise. That is the moment that resolution came. I am not going to find myself in the things that I have been doing anymore. I want to make a new step. He now remembered where he came from. There are so many times in our lives that we do things long. We don't care how our position is in the world as Christians. We don't care who is watching us. We don't care if we're the light of the world. We don't care if someone has to test us at the south of the earth. We don't care. And I want to tell us that there are also times in your life that you always like remembering God. Most people remember God when they are sick. That is when people pray to God and now expect God to do more for them. Yes, God with grace, He's going to do it. But when you were doing the things in the world, you were doing the things that the scripture says don't do, you didn't remember God. You only remember God when the flesh is now weak. And sometimes you cannot even open your mouth to pray. You now need someone to intercede. It usually comes to such extent in life. The scripture has given us so many instances of the things that people have passed through in this life that they put God aside and they depended on their own understanding and on their own self until when it struck on them, then they would say, oh my God, I have to remember my creator. Brothers and sisters, the word resolve can be said to mean to decide firmly on a course of action. To have a firm decision on a course of action. You cannot just resolve on something. You didn't have a target. You didn't have something that you want to resolve on and say, I want to strictly be on this. I want to strictly do this. So there must be a target. There must be a part in the design that you have set before you that you want to make a resolution for. This requires a change from your status quo. That is to say, you recognize the who you are at the present time and you want to evolve. You want to move away from who you are and make a U-turn from the things that you know that are not right. It is a movement away from your comfort zone for the sake of Christ. When you realize that you are there in the comfort zone, you know, enjoying all the privileges, but you tell yourself, I have to get away from here, because this place can lead me to destruction. It has led a lot of people, a lot of Christians have failed, a lot of congregations have closed down. You know this. That God forbid our portion. So we say that a person whose resolve to do something has made a resolution 
People usually take a New Year resolution just like I said. So in other words, they made a firm decision and in that new calendar. When you tick your calendar. I usually tell, I told some people some time ago, I had a privilege to talk. That it is very easy for you to mark your calendar. From Sunday to Sunday. Now, between Sunday and Sunday, you have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And you have a lot of activities that keeps you busy within the week. And now, I don't know where you place Christ. I don't know where you place yourself as a Christian. On Monday, you look at the things that you know that are contrary to the scripture, the contrary to the precepts of God. On Monday, make sure you align those things and now check them. It helps you to check yourself and check yourself along with the world. Okay, I am a fornicator. Take for instance. The scripture in the book of Galatians chapter 5 verse 19. If you go there, you're going to see all these things that we're going to talk about. Okay? You've been doing it. No one sees you. But God sees you. You do it as a passion. Because it has become a part of you. But I want to tell you that if you as a Christian make a resolution, you cannot check on your checklist and say, Monday, I won't do it. You have been taking things that doesn't belong to you at your workplace. You, you can use your pain you know, to generate income that is not originally yours. Of course, you are, I usually tell my folks in Nigeria, you are given a privilege to be a head of a constituency in politics. Money is given you for the masses. You take the money, you don't care about the masses. As a Christian, you check that, I'm not going to do it. You check all these things that you as a Christian know for sure that these things God don't like. Because I know you know. But when you check them on Monday, Monday is over, you go to bed and lie down. When you want to lie down before the time you close your eyes to sleep, you have prayed to God and thanking God for the day that He has helped you because it's not by your power. His grace has helped you not to do the things that He doesn't like. Now Monday is over, Tuesday has come. You get up in the morning, you can talk to God. You can meditate. Lead my way. Direct my path for the new day. Because Satan as an adversary, he is standing just right by you to make sure that what you are having on your mind that you don't want to do, he wants you to do it. I am telling you, my brothers and sisters, that Satan is just there to present something very flashy and interesting and appealing to you for you to digress from your decision. And now Tuesday is just before you. 24 good hours. And you're going to start counting down. It is not usually easy. But I'm telling you as Christians that we can have a checklist of our lives on each day of our lives before you know Sunday to Sunday. Why am I saying Sunday to Sunday? I know that a lot of people are usually very holy on Sunday. Of course I know. On Sunday people are usually because you see we try to come out of the best of our clothing. Try to you know because I know that we know we're going to be in the midst of people. We don't want people to you know, to read meanings, you know, in our attitudes and stuff like that, you know, because, you know, there are people that are very smart in reading, you know, um, reading other people's uh, attitudes and uh, lifestyles and stuff like that. So we try to be gentler and holier. 
But there are people that as soon as we leave the door, the human man, I was waiting for you, okay, you're welcome, get back to me. I am very practical. This is very natural. It happens. Because he will be standing at the... I can maybe inside your car, waiting. Just waiting for you inside the car. As soon as you start the car, you find yourself into the worldly music, it tunes you on, you are off. But I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, we can say no to these things. I remember most of the time, that, you know, when we drive, maybe when my, my mom-in-law was here, when we'd be driving... Every time, you know, because we have Christian music in the car. So we, she would tell us, sometimes we'd be listening to, this, there's, a, there's a, a, a radio station that, you know, the, they usually sing gospel though, but it's Pentecostal. Though as Christians, we mature, myself and my wife, we mature enough to understand that we are listening to the lyrics of the song, not necessarily the rhythm anyway. Even though we want to go secular, we may appreciate the rhythm because, you know, it's nice. But my mom-in-law will always direct us to post that music and go to the Christian tunes that is a cappella. And I want to tell us that each time we shut down the other music, which is also gospel in quotes, and move to the, our own a cappella, you see an aura in the car. Something, my children will start joining us immediately. And I told my wife, we get to stop this. Because we know ourselves, my wife and myself, we know that we may join up. But what about these kids that are watching the inside this car and listening? So they can also be able to mark the difference between this song and this song and those songs. I'm telling you, in the prison society today, most of the times I find my privilege in schools, I mean that I have to see some kids, you discover that 90% of kids in schools, they are into world music. They play this music in their phones and they dance right there in the classrooms. You can witness that. But why? You have to resolve and say that I am not going to do these things anymore. Sometimes not for your sake, but for the sake of some other person. You may try to say, I am very strong. But I want to tell you that someone else is weak. And someone else can be stronger because you are keeping the pace of the strength of Christ Jesus that you have in you. As Christians, we make firm decisions regarding our commitments to God, such as one. I love and obey God. Yes! One of my strong brothers in Nigeria will always say, in fact, it's usually during collection, he will say, yes, you say you love God, you love God, you love God. Show it, show it, show it. Because sometimes, you know, this lip service of loving God and love, just like you tell someone, I love you, I love you. But right inside the mind, you don't love that person, just I love you. It's a common word, I love you. You tell that I love you. I love, I love Jesus. I love. Do you really love Jesus? If you love me, know what? Keep my commandments. And the commandments of God are very vast. So many commandments. They are very simple. It's just like you're in the United States. The, script, the, the, the law says, don't beat red light. 
Very simple. Okay, red light, if you did, the police will catch you, you pay fine. Okay. If you beat God's law, okay, no grace is there, of course, you know. You keep going, the grace, tomorrow you beat again, grace. Can we continue in this that grace may abound? My brothers and sisters, you love God, so you would have to be very practical in this love, that love does not end on the lips, but it ends with the actions. He is watching. He is looking. He can say, He loves me. He loves me because He has recognized the fact that I first loved Him. It's not easy. We just finished it. How much love would we don't give to someone as weak Christian? It's not easy to even call you from the darkness into the light. We are privileged. People are out there. That's just them. Go to, go to football fields. You see people are still doing some trainings. People are roaming the street. They don't care. Sometimes they don't know. But you are privileged. Someone will see you. Your neighbors will see you dressed up, get into your car with their Bible. In their mind, they know that you are a Christian. But do they care? They don't care. They don't even ask you where you're going to. No one cares. You are on your own. Salvation is individual anyway. Now, another issue is, I put God first in everything. How do you put God first in everything? We say everything. You see, when you put God first in everything, there's nothing in everything that will make you to do things contrary to God's will. You put God first in everything. You have the opportunity to do something. In fact, it is just there. Someone will tell you, let's do it. Let's do it. The first thing that's going to ring on your mind as a Christian is, I am a Christian. You don't need to tell the person, I'm a Christian, I'm not going to do it. But inside your mind, you know that you're, not a, you're, you're a Christian, therefore you're not going to do it no matter what. Stand your ground and say, I am not going to do it because I am a Christian. You know for sure that when you do it, God is going to be angry. You don't just stand your ground alone to shoot God. But you stand your ground to say, I'm not going to shoot it because I don't want to kill. It's easy to pull the trigger. God will tell you, you have, you are working in a, in a warehouse. There's so many things in the warehouse that you can, you know, you turn around, even there's no camera here. It's ugly. And this thing is just looking at you. And you're looking at that thing. The thing will tell you, pick me. You know why it's going to tell you, pick me? Because they have missed. It's so fanciful and so appealing to the eyes. And let me pick this thing. But if I pick someone, could open this door immediately? But my brother and sister, somebody is talking to you, unseen man. Don't pick it. It is not yours. <laughs> and that is obedience. Obedience is the very best way for you to show that you believe. Do exactly what God says you should do. That is obedience. So when you put God first in your life, in everything that you need to do, you will discover that you will live a pleasant life. I'm saying this to each and every one of us, and I'm also talking to myself. When I was presenting, preparing this lesson, I read this lesson to my wife. She was telling me, are you sure, you know? 
each time she tells me, each, each point I get, and she tells me, are you sure? I tell her, I am resolved. I tell her I am resolved, you know. <laughs> you know, because we come to discover that some of these things are, you know, we sometimes don't really pay attention to them, but they're very important as far as our Christian race is concerned. Assembling with the saints is a top priority. It's going to be your top priority. Now, look at that as something very lawful, very instructional from God. He said, do not forsake the assemblies of the saints. When someone tells you don't, like I always say to my kids, whenever I tell you don't, it means absolutely do not. That's, that he says, don't. I don't put comma, I don't put, there's no, there's no apostrophe, there's nothing there, it's just don't. In fact, the only thing you will see is exclamation sign, don't. <laughs> what does that mean? It means that God has told me, thou shalt not stop to, for, to assemble with your brothers and your sisters. Let me tell you, in the course of this assembly, you learn from each other. In the course of this assembly, you help some other person to grow. In the course of this assembly, you learn new things. You are not a stock of knowledge. My brother, the preacher, knows. He, 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 he has read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. He can propound it. He can give it out. But my brother knows that each time he sits down to prepare the scripture... He sees something very new for the congregation. That is the beauty. Don't say, I know it all. You don't know it all. The all-knowing master is Christ Jesus and the great teacher. If you want to try him to say you know it all, he could make you fumble. Seriously, he could make you fumble. You come out here, you give unnecessary utterances. Because you did not set it on his word. I don't want to go there. Something just came in my mind that I want to put it. I want to put it away. <laughs> I don't want. I don't want. I don't want to affect our, our feelings because I don't know who you're standing for. Um, it's political anyway. Um, see, we have to also do our very best to serve God. Service is very important. You don't have to expect God to serve you all the time. You need to serve Him. As Christians, we should be servant leaders. What I mean by a servant leader is you are leading and you're also serving. Every one of us are leaders in our different capacities. Because you lead with exemplary life. There are people that are watching you. There are people that are observing you in this congregation. You don't need to stand out here like, like I, I'm standing by privilege today. But I know that any way that you are, you are preaching God's words. Your steps, the way you sing, the way you greet someone, the way things are done within this family, we are observing. Each and every one of us, we are observing each other. I want to tell us that when you serve one another, you are serving God. He said, oh, when I was sick, you didn't come to me. I challenge myself also because I know for sure, in fact, when I came, I have been seeing a directory out there. 
That directory to me means that there are people's phone numbers and contact addresses. So when the script, when the church now lists out people that are sick, I, I can ask, and you can answer to yourself, how many of these persons have you called to give moral encouragement? Oh, sister, I picked an article and a bulletin. I saw something. Oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Oh, God, God be with you. You pray with the person. He doesn't, you don't care. Oh, sister, I saw your mood this morning. Is there something is wrong with you? Please, can, I, can you share with me? Sometimes this person doesn't have what to eat after service. Maybe we'll have to wait to work for the week to get a payment. But you can give a tip. You can, you can give an assistance. You can support. You call someone to your house to, to fellowship with you. To stay with you. You don't need to look at the condition of your house. As Christians, as brothers and sisters, we don't care how your house looks like. All those things are materials. We care about your reception, the appreciation that I am there, and we sing God's songs, and we read God's word, and we charge each other, and I go. You may keep your, your couch here today, tomorrow you're going to move it away from there, and keep it somewhere else. You restructure your house. Who cares? That's your comfort. So when I come here, if I see a space, I said, I, I, I wouldn't even mind sitting in the carpet. Because what brought me there was not to root my eyes around your home. I'm not interested. But to look at your forehead. And you tell me what the problem is. That is how to serve. We make God to be very happy in our service at all the times. Because God has to be pleased in the things that we do. We have to also make strong decisions regarding our growth and progress as Christians. Be ready to read the Bible, that's point one. Be ready to read the Bible every time this year. Some people have made it easy that they can give you daily Bible guide. You can read the Bible every day. You know, go to this verse today, tomorrow this verse, next tomorrow this verse, and so on and so forth. It is better for you to read that Bible than the novel. Sometimes some of these novels would destroy your home, would kill your family. Because that is someone's perspective of life. And you are simulating it than, the, than God's word. Yes. Someone writes a script and adds a movie. And you're watching the movie? Okay, the movie is going to dictate the pattern for your life. But God's word has a right pattern for you. So you read God's word every day. And that shapes us. You're going to say, I will continue to reach out to my neighbors do door knocking? Well, unfortunately, where, where we're living, I don't know who owns the facility, but I know that sometimes we, we got um, some Bibles. I think that was in the other congregation. That, no? I think it was here. We got some, some Bibles from here and some tracks. And we distributed it to, you know, to each door. We know we slot things in or we drop. It was so amazing to us. That same day, all those things were removed by one person, and the whole Bible were now, I don't even know if they, they stockpiled them somewhere, or they just threw them. I mean, it was, I was so scared. I was like, I hope this person that is removing this thing did not see who put them there. <laughs> exactly. Because I don't know the mentality, what, what was on his mind when he started moving door to door to remove the stars. Well, it's not wrong to invite, but you have to try. I want to believe before he took out one, he probably had read God's word. He said, 
love your neighbor as yourself. He may have read one before he said, and started pulling them out. But the message is there already. So reach out, make sure that evangelism is part of you. Individual evangelism is very important. My brothers and sisters, make sure you have trust in your car. Make sure you have trust on your desk. At your workplace, create something and put them. Someone may be interested to pick it and read. Identify yourself as a Church of Christ member. Sometimes you may be surprised that you could be in a working environment and you have maybe like nine of members of the Church of Christ that you don't know they are there. Because there's no mark of identity for them to identify that you are one. Sometimes not all about your action. Your action, every other moral person in the world would want to do the same action. But someone wants to know, are you a member of the Church of Christ? Someone cannot just walk up to you and ask you that. But I want to have, tell you that if you have a sticker somewhere around your car, and each time one gets to the parking lot, Church of Christ, he will keep monitoring who usually drives this car. One day he will stop you. Oh, you're my sister. Oh, you're my brother. I didn't know all these years. Try and get yourself identified with people. Try and get yourself to evangelize with people. And share God's word together. It's very important. You have to resolve not to linger. When we sing the song, I am resolved, we proclaim that we have decided not to linger. Lingering. The word lingering. That is, you are suck-peddling. You are backsliding. You are taking chances. You are procrastinating. You are just there. After all. Don't linger because sin is also marking time. It's jogging. It's waiting for you. But when you are fortified and said, I'm not going to linger, I'm going to fight on, I'm going to take it up, I'm going to decide, I'm going to make it. I want to follow Christ. I want to do God's work. I want to stay on till I die. Because no one knows the day, the day of his death. You could do a sin in the morning, the next two hours, the next second, you pass on. There is no regret in the grave. The regret is now. And the resolution is now. And you walk with that resolution and walk with that regret. I don't want to do it anymore. And you refuse to do it. To do it. We are very much charmed by the world delights. The book of First John chapter 2, verse 16, describes the things that are very positional to us. The things that are standing as monsters on our wage. It talks about the loss of the eye. There are so many flashy cars, designers, manufacturing companies, every year. They keep changing things on structure, on building of the car. Today is not this type of trafficator, it's the other one. Tomorrow is not this type of... Everything, you know, to keep lusting. You know, make you, you know, urge to have this thing. You crave for them. How much is the car? $46,000, bro. But he has, a, he has four wheels like the other one, you know. The 2012 model, 10 models, 5 models. He can still move you. But why going for this? What massive thing? You know, all these things, the world designed them, you look at them, you admire them, and you keep going. When you stock in $50,000 for that car, and the church is looking for a 
budget of, you know. So you want to be richer than the church? Yes. Don't be richer than Christ. You can't be, of course. You know, you can't. But what does that mean? Try to allow the things that you know that are very, very appealing to your eyes, but they are in, in contradiction with the scripture. Try to tame your eyes. Close your eyes away from these things. Ordinary would be very nice. I used to, when we drive, we see a, 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 a one-door car, you know, or they call it two doors. I tell my wife, we would love, imagine us in, you know, living in that wall of imagination. Oh, maybe. Imagine us staying in this car when we are, you know, I'm 60-something and you're just, you, you can imagine. 20 years is yet to, it's very far away. I start now to start thinking about that car, whereas another model will come. Then why should I go into that car? Whereas my, we have another one-door, one Honda, 2009, 2009 model. But it takes me to somewhere. Of course, it takes me to somewhere. These things are very, very material. When someone dies and you live in a big mansion, you, you drive all these things, you have all these glorious things of the earth. When you die six feet, you at which you are poor, six feet is short. A young child was asking me sometime, do you give to poor people? In, Af- in Africa... These guys are very poor. We, are, we always hear that you guys are poor. So, wait, how can a poor person give to a poor person? I said, not everyone is poor. We have the rich, we have the average, and we have the poor. We have the blessed. Because Christians are blessed. The Christian wouldn't say, I am rich, or this. You are blessed. So, what does that mean? If you have a so many big, a very big house, you're only sleeping in one room and in a six spring bed and in one spot. You can only have a maybe a fortune. You can be fortunate to roll if, if you so much enjoy the sleep. You can move from one point to another point, but definitely it's going to be on a spot at a time. So why do we need so big, that big thing? You know, it doesn't make sense. You don't need it. The scripture says if you have what you eat. You have where to put your head. That is a spot. And you have what? You should be satisfied. You should be contented. So resolve that you're not going to stretch further, stretch beyond what you cannot afford. Because you keep building up the credit. You don't have to stretch. Try to balance yourself. Try to be yourself. And don't live your life for anyone. It is you and God. Okay. If you could go through the song, it says, we have to look at, away from the things that are so high. In fact, it says, things that are higher. Let me not limit it with the word high. It says, things that are higher. And things that are nobler. These have allured my sight. What are those things that are so high and nobler that have allured your sight? How have you resolved not to linger, brothers and sisters? Are you diligent? Applying all diligence in your faith, supply moral excellence? And in your moral excellence, you put in knowledge. And in your knowledge, self-control. And in your self-control, perseverance. And in your perseverance, godliness. And your godliness, brotherly kindness. And your brotherly kindness, Love. You see, love now swallows everything. 
That is in Second Peter chapter 1 verse 5 to 7. You can mark that. So my brothers, don't be slow or reluctant to do the things of God. When you are reluctant to do the things of God, you can imagine how reluctant God may be because he has infinity. In fact, his children are as the sands on the shore. He can move away to another person. But always make sure that you have God with you so that he doesn't move away from you. If he is tired with you, he can move. If he keeps persuading you with the gospel and he discovers that you are not hitting, he will make you have, he, he, in fact, he will deepen your ears so that you don't even see the gospel to be the gospel anymore. And now you see him move away. And now begin, you begin to scramble. You begin to pray. You begin to sing. You begin to... In the end, sometimes you could die and he doesn't return. Stay on with God and hold God firmly because you told him, I will not leave you. So why are you leaving now? Don't leave God. I know that a lot of Christians in, are very lukewarm, some are very hot, and some are very cold. But the scriptures tells us that in Revelation chapter 3 verse 19, it says, those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline with an advice says, therefore be zealous and repent. Be zealous, be active and repent. I know that in this room, definitely, there are two kinds of people in every audience of Christian folk. Those that are Christians and those that are not Christians. The only way for you to become a Christian is for you to step out from the world. When we say step the Bible says you are in the world but not of the world. That is to say there is a church in the world. But the church standing in the world is a separated entity a kingdom of God in the spiritual perspective. Not necessarily the structure that we are staying in here. Because the world, not necessarily the globe, but the activities of the world makes up the world. The globe, you can call it the earth because it's one of the planetary systems. But worldliness are the sinful things of the world. Not the globe. The globe does not sin. But mankind sin. Separate yourself from the world. Don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Have a distinction between who you are and the world. And now, if you are a worldly man or a worldly woman, that is to say, you are a sinful man and a sinful woman. You are patronizing satanism. There is a master that is taking control of everything that you do. 
And my master, and every Christian master, is Christ Jesus. So you see a warfare between that Christ and the other man, which is that man. Stay away from him. The only way for you to stay away from him is for you to obey the gospel of Christ. As we preach now, as we keep talking, as we keep persuading, sometimes you have been moving throughout 2015, Brother Michael and Brother Wes have been preaching all the time, you've been hearing it, but you refuse to take an action. That momentum for you to take that action is now. Because you have to, and it's a must for you to be different from the world. To be a better Christian, we must resolve to be different from the world. Like the song says, I am resolved to enter into the kingdom. So you resolve today to enter into the kingdom because the kingdom is here with you. There are so many beautiful things in the kingdom of God. If you want to try it, if you want to test it, join us. Just be added to the church and see the beauty. It will be convinced that the new you is different from the old you. The young man that, I, that stood with me, he, in fact, two of us got baptized the same day. I don't know if I motivated him when he, he saw me stood out there, then he joined me. I can't just understand. But I know that I am still in, in the path of righteousness, striving every day. I am in the church. When I interacted with him a few days ago, I discovered that because I discovered him somewhere, you know, in the social network. Through his name, I just gave his name and he popped up and I started talking to him. I had, I, I had not seen him for more than 15 years. But I discovered that this young man is no more in the church of Christ. I don't know where are you? You've lost that first love of God. And I'm still in there. Please, can you get ourselves back? He started narrating stories that are very immaterial anyway. They are very secular stories that does not have any... In fact, then he is not justified by the things he said. That is to say, I have a duty to do in his life now. I am committed to make sure that he returns to the path. I have to do my own and leave the rest for God. You get to discover some people like that. Someone that you know has been very consistent with us. He's no more here. Not necessarily in this congregation, but other congregations that you know. We don't take pleasure in people that have backslided or people that have derailed in faith. But we have to make sure that they have their space in the Christian fold. It is not so easy, but we have to take a charge. Lastly, we have to come out from the midst of the people that we know that they can draw us away from Christ Jesus if you see someone that you know his character is not helpful to you, give that person some space. Move away from the person. It could be in your course of friendship. It could be your colleague. It could be your schoolmate. But if, when you discover that someone is not there for the purpose of helping you to grow, for you not to get stamped, mean to, to get stuck. You have to leave the person and move away. Jesus Christ knew why he said, get behind me, Satan. 
He told Peter. He said that because he knew that there is a spiritual being that has gone into a physical man, irrespective of the how this man professed Christ, but someone has gone into him to make him stop him, that he would not be able to attain to the calling at the cross. He wouldn't have died if there was that barrier. He told him, get behind me, Satan. You can tell anything in life, not necessarily human, anything that you know that is not going to allow you to carry that cross and keep going, tell that thing, please, get behind me. And brothers, let me encourage us. There's no amount of time that you run a race and you fall, that you fall backwardly. Every person that keeps going and you fall, if you kick a stone, that stone is a stumbling block. No problem. But that same stone is your stepping stone. Because when you fall, you keep you fall, you put your hand in surrender. And tell God, I surrender. He's lifting you up again and you keep going. I've not seen someone who takes stone to fall forward and rather fall down. I have not seen that. Because I really see people run this way. I keep seeing people forge ahead. That is our charge. So resolve today in conclusion. Are you resolved to be more faithful Christian in this new year? How are you going to become more fruitful? What's your plan? What have you firmly decided? These are questions that need answers from your heart while in that moment of while you're in that moment of mind renewal. Romans chapter 12 verse 2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. We thank God for the message this day, and uh, pray Him that He allows this message to have a portion in our lives and help us to grow every day as good Christians, striving to become better Christians and ending up with him as best Christians. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you are not yet a Christian, as the song will be rendered, that is going to be an invitational song to you. We will urge you to come and accept Jesus, embrace him today. And I call the song leader to do that. While Brother Michael will take the rest of charge. Thank you, sir.